the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt, sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm. I'm Christiana Villegas. And I'm Todd Marquardt, your host. Morning, Todd. How are you feeling today? Good morning. I'm doing well. The mission of Talk Law Radio is to help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about law on the radio. The State Bar of Texas wants attorneys like me to inform the public about the law, but like the disclaimer just said, we can't attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of general information. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss your specific facts and unique circumstances of your situation. Uh, Before we get started, I wanted to start with a prayer. Absolutely. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings you give to us. Please forgive us of our sins, our mistakes, when we do the wrong thing or when we fail to do your will. Please help Christiana, attorney Brittany Lastition, and me give good information to the listeners about the law. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it's really great being here this morning, Miss Lastician. It's great meeting you today. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, Todd. So uh, as you stated, my name is Brittany Lastician. I'm an attorney licensed here in Texas, but actually I was born and raised in Florida. Um, so I went to undergrad and law school there. And upon graduating law school, I went ahead and took the Texas bar because I knew at that point My life was going to bring me to San Antonio. I'm uh, married to a native San Antonian, and we met in Florida when he was working in Miami. And on our first date, he let me know, hey, I'm going back to Texas, and you can either come or not. So I said, well, let's uh, get through dinner, and we'll talk. So that (laughs) must have been a really good dinner then. (laughs) (laughs) It was. It was a success. So here we are, and um, we just welcomed our first son into our family last year. He just turned one last weekend, actually, so we had fun celebrating his first birthday. Um, And I have actually focused my practice of law in the area of estate planning due to my own personal experiences. When I was in my last year of law school, my grandmother passed away. And despite having her plan in place, it it contradicted what she had been telling our family for years. And I saw um, what unfolded, you know, and my family was an unfortunate dispute Uh, It didn't play out in court, thankfully, but it it played out in a very real way in our lives. And so my goal is to help families avoid a similar circumstance, keep them out of court and conflict. And especially I have a passion for helping families with minor children because I can certainly relate to their concerns. So tell us, tell the listeners, what makes a child a minor? Uh, Well, anyone under the age of 18, unless they've been legally emancipated, they are a minor and require mom or dad or a guardian. Yeah, some people think that that's probably obvious, but I just wanted to make sure that everybody (laughs) knew. What exactly is emancipation for those who don't? Well, that's when a a child, even though they're under the age of 18, the court is going to give them the same rights as somebody over the age of 18. Okay. So tell us more about... uh, how you help families with young children and their estate planning. 
Sure. So I actually, uh, as soon as I started practicing law, I went and got some special training in regards to helping families with minor children plan. And so we developed a type of plan specifically for those families, and it's a kids protection plan. Uh, kids protection planning, Todd, it helps fill the holes that might be left in a traditional estate plan by naming guardians that might be needed in a long or short term a situation and helping parents kind of defray some of the fears because it's amazing. There's all kinds of commonalities that parents have. When we have k- kids, we can relate to each other on a whole new level, right? Um, and But there's something that no one warned me about, and that's the fear, the fear that you just always have day in and day night, or day in and night. Um, and Todd, you have kids, right? I do, and um, I didn't have that fear Really, I didn't think about it until um, I was working for another attorney, and he said, uh, I need for you to sit down with with your wife and talk about your own estate plan. And I had no idea uh, what the issues regarding children would be until that very moment. So let's, let's get into that a little more. For, for guys that are, are thick-skulled like me, what is this fear? Well, it's the dread that we all have that might wake us up in the middle of the night thinking, what happens to the kids if something happens to, to me or to the parents if we don't come home? You know, if we are out on a date night or and we get into an accident and we're not there for the kids when they wake up in the morning, who will be there? Right. We definitely want the right person to be there. We definitely don't want the wrong person to be there. Right. I've I've read lots of court cases about disputes between the right person and the wrong person, and unfortunately, the court has to decide because in a lot of cases where somebody has not planned, the deceased person isn't there to say who they wanted. Exactly. Um, and in many cases, a judge might well appoint someone that the parents would never choose themselves. There are so many factors that there might not be hard evidence for the judge to consider about someone's personality. Um, but the parents, as part of our family, we're well aware of who we would or would not want stepping into that position. And if, with, if we're a little bit proactive, we can avoid a mishap and the wrong person being appointed to take care of our children in, in our absence. So as you're tuning in today, it is August 2nd. We are live right now at 11 o'clock, so our phone lines are open. If anyone has questions, concerns that are falling into this, like Ms. Lastition is saying, just dial in at 210-308-8867. We are live here at the studio. We would love to hear your comments, your opinions. Call and contact us if you have any questions. Uh, Todd, you were discussing uh, picking someone that we do want, and then there's also the issue of who we don't want, right? And so that's frequently an, a topic that goes undiscussed with an estate planning attorney, unfortunately, because we can just as easily as the parents can make a declaration proactively about who we would want to step in and who we would trust, we can just as easily make our preferences known regarding who we would not want in any circumstances to step into that role uh, for us in the event that we aren't there any longer for the kids. And so that's uh, another big topic and focus of the kids protection planning is, okay, let's work together to identify the person that you trust to step in, but also let's talk about any potential people that you would want to exclude for whatever personal reasons you have. I was meeting with someone just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, one of the spouses said uh, that she didn't want her mother-in-law to be the guardian. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the husband said, well, if my mother sees that written on a piece of paper that we ch- chose for her definitely not to be the guardian, right. she's going to be mad at me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, no. I, and I said, well, what's worse, her being mad at you or her being guardian of your children? <laughs> Right. Well, and thankfully, I mean, the way that we help clients is that this is a completely private document that never has to 
be shown the light of day until maybe that mother-in-law is appearing in court and petitioning to become the guardian of that child. And then uh, the trusted family or friend who knows where these documents are can say, oh, wait a minute, this isn't exactly what mom and dad wanted. Right. Only after the tragedy takes place. Exactly. So the state of Texas has these statutes in place in the, in the estates code. Uh, Section 1104 allows you to name a guardian in your will, someone who you trust to make financial decisions, medical decisions, uh, where to live, which school to go to. And so it's important for families to do the planning, do this in advance before something bad happens, because we don't know what's going to happen on our way home as we're driving on 281, 1604, or 410, or the worst, 35. So don't tune away. We're just going to be gone for a quick minute. Again, our phone lines are open if you dial in at 210-308-8867. Just call into the station. We're still here live on Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt. We look forward to hearing from you. Remember to call us. If you're a veteran or spouse at least 65, do not apply for VA benefits until you learn about new regulations passed in 2018. Attorney Todd Marcourt is accredited to appeal denied benefit claims. The Marcourt Law Firm is hosting a free VA regulation and aid seminar on August 6th at the Waterford at Thousand Oaks, where you'll learn about these changes and how to better qualify for the non-service-connected veterans pension. Register now by calling 210-530-4278, marcourtlawfirm.com. Welcome back. It's Todd Marquardt, your host of Talk Law Radio. And I'm Christiana Villegas. We're here with Brittany Lastician talking about kids' protection plans. So, Brittany, tell us about this seminar that we're going to be having actually this month. If you go to our website, our website marcourtlawfirm.com, that's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D for David and T for Tango, lawfirm.com, you'll find out about our Kids Protection Plan seminar that's being held at the St. Matthews United Methodist. Methodist Church Day School on Friday evening, 6 o'clock, August 23rd. Brittany, what do we have in store for our seminar? Right. So actually, this is a great opportunity for families in our community to come out and learn a little bit more about the things that we've been talking about today. So how can families plan for a potential worst case scenario situation um, so that the the kids are taken care of in a way that they would choose? So I'll be going over in that seminar some of the common mistakes that people make when they choose and nominate their guardians for the kids, as well as financial planning aspects. Um, How do we designate beneficiaries? What should or should not be in the will or in a separate legal document? All of these things are going to be discussed, as well as some of the primary concerns that parents have and and some unknown, I, I guess, you know, pitfalls to planning that if they haven't heard about it, they might not be aware and they aren't going to know to ask another attorney who might not have the type of training that we have and offer the specific kids protection plan that we offer them. So just for our listeners, can, can we give them some of that content today? Uh, what are some of those common mistakes? Sure. So there are six common mistakes, Todd, that a lot of parents unknowingly make, and um, the lawyers kind of do not give them sufficient guidance. So the first topic that most frequently occurs is that uh, we name a couple as as guardians in a lot of cases, right? So you'll think, okay, well, this aunt and uncle or this cousin and husband would do a great job. They have their own children. And then we kind of fail to take that train of thought to the next step and think, well, we're already planning for a worst case scenario. So something's happened to us. Now, what if something has happened to them or to one of them? Um, Would we be comfortable with just the husband or wife of that couple perhaps continuing on as the sole guardian? Do we think they'll be able to step in and fulfill that role adequately on their own? The way I ask it, Brittany, is if they got divorced, Mm -hmm. would you still want your in-law to be guardian of your children? Yep. Yep. And sometimes they say, oh, no way, <laughs> I, only if my brother or my sister were to survive. Right. 
Yes. And then another um, thing that parents can actually plan for is that we can separate the financial responsibilities from the guardianship aspect. So who has the kids and cares for them day to day, brings them maybe to soccer or baseball practice, um, to scouts and what have you. And then that might not be the same person you trust with the money management and the financial decisions. And so you can easily separate those duties. And a lot of people think that either that's not possible or it might be more burdensome, but it could actually be in the children's best interest. Right. The financial aspects are most important because they have the duty to manage the money like a reasonable, prudent person would. Mm -hmm. And someone who has gifts of taking care of children might not have the same gifts of saving and investing money. Exactly. Yes. Um, But it doesn't mean that you're stuck with just one person and prioritizing that decision. You can easily split that up and we can guide people through that, that decision. And if they don't know anybody that has the gifts of managing finances, they could always name a bank or trust company, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So then what happens if you think about putting your children as the beneficiaries to your bank account. That should just settle everything, right? No. <laughs> that's, no way. Nope. That's one of the last things that you want to do. And unfortunately, Christiana, it's a very common mistake. I see uh, financial advisors allow clients to go ahead and name children beneficiaries because, of course, as parents, we want our money to be there for the kids if something happens to us. Um, but it's it's a very nuanced situation because – A child, as we discussed, until they hit age 18, they are a minor and they cannot make legal and financial decisions for themselves. Um, So leaving that child specifically named as a beneficiary can just open up a whole can of worms. Yeah, I had a client one time whose uh, husband died on the way back from a business trip. And tragically, uh, her and her children were sad and devastated by that. Uh, thankfully, he had life insurance, and the life insurance named the daughter, who was a minor, as beneficiary. So the life insurance company said, we're not going to pay until she mm-hmm. turns 18, or you can become guardian of your daughter. And she said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm already her mom. Right. Uh, I said, well... The court is going to require you to uh, keep track of how you spend this money because actually it's your daughter that owns the asset, but she's not over age 18, so she has to have the guardian appointed. Right. So on the one hand, we know that the money is set aside and is going to be specifically used for the the kid's benefit, but um, it it could have been done in a much simpler way to keep mom out of court um, with a little bit of planning. That money could have still been just as safe and secure for the daughter. But as you know, we could have easily kept mom out of court if they had come in to to see us. Right. In a will, a lot of times I'll name somebody to be a guardian, and I'll name somebody else in another section to be trustee. Oh, yes. Uh, A trust isn't just for the Kennedys and the (laughs) millionaires and billionaires out there. It's for anyone who wants to name somebody they trust to manage finances for a beneficiary. So if you have any questions about this subject, protecting your kids, these financial questions that could be popping up, we are live today on August 2nd. So call in at 210-308-8867. The phone lines are open. We do want to hear from you. So what other things should parents be aware of? Well, so it's not just we've talked a little bit now about the financial considerations, but there's so much more. Um, and, and in fact, the the more could be more valuable to the family. So spe- specifically, I'm talking about values, morals, experiences, these types of things that parents want the person to know who might have to step in for them. You know, if we have things that we want to make sure our children experience because they were valuable to us in our lives. For example, I was a Girl Scout for almost 15 years and I learned so much. Um, and if I ever had a daughter, I would make sure that she was exposed to that. Obviously, you can't, you know, force the kids to go be a scout if they really don't like it. But there are just certain little things that are important to us as we grow up and 
we want to expose our children to. And then, of course, they'll make their own decisions. But that would be one little preference. And then a lot of people, um, of course, want to encourage an active church life and just a variety of aspects that can be built into this plan in the form of some guidance that's left for these potential guardians. So what would or would not, you know, you want your children doing um, or being exposed to over the time. So this is this is another aspect, just the the more personal level um, of how the parenting should happen if you can't do it. These are questions that the Internet doesn't ask you if (laughs) you go online and try and do your own legal planning. What I ask is, who shares the same values that you do? It may not be your brother or your sister or your parents or your aunts or uncles. It may be a friend or a neighbor or somebody from church. I mean, having somebody with the same life experiences or that holds the same values as you, that's what helps create a bond and makes family more than just blood. Exactly. And you want to make sure to help pass that down to the extent that you can. And unless you're being proactive and putting pen to paper with some of this, that's it, just not going to happen. And frequently as young families, it's so easy to put this type of activity um, on the back burner. But when we have young children at home, we just have such a high level of responsibility to get these things in place, even arguably more so than when we're older. And ironically, when people are more likely to come in and get all of this done, um, it, it just it can fill so many gaps for a family potentially while they are still, still young enough to, to do this planning. Everybody over the age of 18 should have a will, a power of attorney, and a medical power of attorney. And if you have children, this is part of the responsibilities that we as parents need to take care of, right? Absolutely. Yep. And like I said, I think that it's it's at its uh, pinnacle probably when we do have those young kids at home because we just have to make sure that our wishes are known and uh, and legally documented. And I think it's much easier of a process. People get intimidated about coming in to meet with an attorney. Um, maybe they're afraid of the cost. But if we look at the long term and we weigh the costs and benefits, having this plan in place can save the family so much money and stress down the line, um, especially you know in a case similar to the one that you mentioned already about the family who lost the dad and mom had to end up in court having done a little bit of planning could have saved that expense and that headache down the line. And nobody knows when tragedy is going to occur. You don't plan for tragedy. You don't schedule tragedy on your calendar. I had a friend who was tragically killed in a car accident on 35 recently and left uh, a wife and four children and I don't want that to happen to anybody else uh, where they failed to do planning. So this is a responsibility that we as parents have to take care of, and it's even more important decision than buying that next car or that next flat-screen TV. So do it now and pay for it with the resources that you've been saving up. So um, this is... Todd with Marquardt Law Firm, um, and we're here with Brittany Lastician and Christiana Viegas. Uh, tell us what's going to happen after the break, Christiana. So we're going to be talking even more about what to do and how to prepare yourselves for those worst-case scenarios. Everybody always has to go and worry about their next shopping list or what is their kids going to be wearing and what they have to do for school the next day. But really, the long term, who is it going to be there for your children when you can't be there? Um, learning some of these worst-case scenarios, we're going to find out. And we'd really love to hear more of everyone's stories. So please feel free to dial in at 210-308-8867. We really want to hear your voice, your questions. What is it that you're worried about for your children's future if you can't be there and you want to make sure that the wrong person doesn't get your child? You know, I was just thinking that we don't just have to name one person, right? Right. It would be good to have a backup plan. 
Oh, certainly. You want to have at least two successors or backups, if you will, um, for for basically all of these positions that we're talking about, whether it's the guardian or the financial management known as the trustee. Um, yes, you always want to have a backup because if we're talking about worst case scenario, we might as well really plan for that. So if I name my father-in-law who's in his 60s, um, he might be older or much older when this tragedy occurs. Right. So uh, that's a great example of why these things, these legal plans we're talking about, they need to be kept up to date. So frequently people will put everything into place and then kind of put it on the back burner. And in a sense, yes, you have the peace of mind of knowing you have this plan in place, but also it's not something that can be completely forgotten about because just like you mentioned, life circumstances change and we need to keep this thing up to date. So tune in to stay up to date with us as we're live here on August 2nd, a nice cloudy overcast Saturday. Dial in at 210-308-8867. We'll still be here with Todd Marcourt, Brittany Lastician. Again, my name is Christiana Viegas. We want to hear your voice by dialing 210-308-8867 on this beautiful Saturday about kids protection plan seminars. We want to hear from you and remember to call us at 210-308-8867. Looking forward to hear your voice this Saturday. to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt, and we're here with uh, Brittany Lastician, and we have a caller called in uh, to ask a question. So you're going to about to be on the air. We have Jennifer. Jennifer, are you there? We're uh, waiting to get connected. Jennifer? Hello. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. My name's Christiana, and you're on the air here with Todd and Brittany. We heard you had a question for us. Awesome. Yes. Um, this is very interesting, everything. Um, I have a little one myself, and I was just kind of wondering, like, what to the people who aren't prepared, like, what happens if something does happen and you don't have anything set up like what happens to the child the minor child well that's when child protective services gets involved and okay. and that's what we want to avoid by having a, a document in writing something that's legally enforceable that uh, you can have your, your relatives can come forth to Child Protective Services and say, here, I'm the named guardian, and so I'm going to take the children home with me. And that way they don't end up in a group home or in foster care or something like that. Right. Wow. Yeah, that definitely, as a mother, makes you <laughs> really want to get it together, and uh, I'll probably be contacting your firm. Thank you for calling. We look forward to hearing Thank from you, Jennifer. So Thank you. So that reminds me of the movie, right? Uh, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Have uh, y'all yes. seen it? <laughs> That's right. Jim Carrey's in it. That's right. So if you haven't seen the movie in a while, I'll just uh, refresh your memory. It, it's based on a book, and the the film released in 2004 is about Violet, Klaus, and... Sonny Baudelaire, three orphans who are adopted by a mysterious villain who attempts to steal their deceased parents' fortune. It's based on three books, uh, The Bad Beginning, The Reptile Room, and The Wide Window. Um, But the film does star uh, Jim Carrey as Count Olaf. And what I remember is when uh, the bank manager, Mr. Poe, arrives to tell the children that they are now orphans since a mysterious fire destroyed their mansion. Uh, But Mr. Poe made a mistake. He entrusts the children to their closest relative, which is a fourth cousin three times removed or a third cousin (laughs) four times removed. However, he misinterpreted the phrase closest relative and instead 
chooses a distant relative who lives the shortest distance away. Oh, goodness. That's a face palm <laughs> right there. So the banker obviously probably did not have children of his own. If you understand the difference between somebody who lives close by you and someone who's actually a close relative. I mean, we sometimes have those family members that it's your brother, your sister, or your aunt, or your father, and you just do better living further away, but you're still close. And so these are the type of people that are going to come out of the woodwork, so to speak, because they want to get their hands on what they perceive to be a lot of money, even though they may not have been even involved in the children's life before then. So, uh, Brittany, tell us, how do we avoid this mess? What are some other common mistakes? Well, I think that um, I'll point out to Count Olaf as a perfect example, because on paper, he probably looked like a great potential guardian, right? I think that he was uh, financially secure. He had a home. Uh, I don't remember the details, but um, on paper, someone can look like the exact type of person we want to go ahead and appoint as guardian. If they are secure, um, they might even have their own children who seem to be doing well in school and everything. But we know um, what they might be like is very different behind closed doors from how they might present in court before that judge. And so we want to make sure that we take all of those factors into consideration. Um, and Todd, I want to kind of go back to Jennifer's question, the caller that we just had, because you mentioned CPS um, would have to come in, Child Protective Services potentially. And another hole that is typically left when we're talking about this type of planning is the fact that we don't nominate short-term guardians, right? In our will, we go ahead and we say, well, here's who I want to step in and be the long-term guardian. So here's who I want to keep the kids indefinitely um, and, and step into that role on our behalf as parents. But what we frequently will leave out is who should step in in the med- in the in- immediate scenario? So um, there's a lot of transients here in San Antonio. I've already mentioned that I myself am from Florida. Now, thankfully, we have family here in San Antonio who would be able to step in. But I know that there's a lot of families who don't necessarily have that. Um, and so unless there's a, a family member that the authorities can put that child with immediately, they're going to take them because they have an interest in making sure that the children are safe and secure. Right. So if the guardian you're nominating lives several states away, you could name a friend to be a temporary guardian then. Sure. Anyone that you trust, because, again, this is for a short term. So we're talking, you know, uh, as long as it might take for that long term guardian, whether it's hours, maybe a couple days at the most, I'm sure they'll drop everything and come to the children's need. Um, But it can certainly be a friend. It can be a family member. It can be a trusted neighbor. But that's a great example of wanting to always have someone documented because your choice is always going to be better than no choice being made at all. You know, I like to use this temporary guardian appointment if my wife and I go out of town. Mm -hmm. If we go on vacation and uh, one of my children bumps their head, then they might have to go to the hospital and the physicians and hospital want to know who has authority to give consent for medical procedures. Right, right. And if you didn't have that in place, there goes your vacation. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're in an emergency trying to get back. And if you're out of the country, you know, it might take a while. Right. So then we're just leaving the decision up to the doctors. But yeah, there's so many different possibilities that can unfold. Um, and we're leaving the kids in a better situation and ourselves just for having that peace of mind. And it could even be a trusted babysitter. You know, if you have someone who comes over to watch the kids regularly and he or she knows what they would or wouldn't need or what the parents would want, that person can certainly be somebody who's listed on that temporary guardian nomination. And therefore, the authorities would come by maybe to do a check and to let them know what has happened. And um, then they'll say, okay, well, you have the legal authority, so we're going to leave everything as is. Uh, And the alternative, as we know, is to completely upend the children's lives, even temporarily, because now mom and dad aren't coming home, possibly. And then they're being placed into a different, scary, possibly, you know, from their perspective, at least, uh, environment. And we want to avoid that. And what if the children have special needs Mm -hmm. and only only a few, a handful of people know exactly how to satisfy and treat those needs? Right. So for those families, there's a particular 
need for this type of planning and getting everything that the child may need or want, their preferences, um, all of that on paper so that somebody else can be aware of that if they aren't right there to advocate for that child, certainly. Special needs could be intellectual special needs, uh, mental health special needs, uh, particular uh, medical problems that were uh, developed at the time of birth. All of these things would be something that the immediate family knows about, but maybe government and bureaucracy, uh, CPS might not be able to handle right away. Mm -hmm. I've worked with several families who have children with special needs, and they have so many particular questions, especially as it relates to... um, to the the son or daughter's care, but also financially, right? Because they know that as the child ages and if these disabilities are going to continue on with them throughout their life, they are likely to receive some government benefits. But do I keep a large life insurance policy to help defray the costs of care or do I avoid life insurance because I don't want my child to get that and then lose their government benefits? Um, and honestly, these are some questions, Todd, that the families struggle with. And there's a very simple answer to that, thankfully, to where they can have the best of both worlds, allow their child to receive those government benefits that they're entitled to, but also make the most of whatever financial resources the parents are able to leave behind for them to supplement that. I've had people ask me for a simple will and then Mm -hmm. in the same breath say, because I have a disabled daughter. Right. And I say, well, then it's not simple. (laughs) So we look at every plan, every person, every family with three things in mind. How do we tax efficiently protect and preserve assets? How do we reduce family conflict and build family harmony? And how do we maximize government benefits? And those three lenses uh, set us apart from other types of attorneys that are busy in court doing uh, divorce and child custody or immigration or DWI law. And then as a side, we'll do a simple will for their clients. Instead, we focus on the estate planning, on the needs of the family as we do that estate plan instead of just as an aside. So this all sounds really great, and I'm really learning a lot of new situations, but we really want to hear from you. If you want to share your experiences, you have a question for Brittany or Todd. We are still live. We're about to take a quick break, but don't be afraid to dial us at 210-308-8867. The phone lines are still open, and we will continue our conversation on protecting your children with the Kids Protection Plan. This is... Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt. My name is Christiana. I'm here with Todd and Brittany. We want to hear from you at 210-308-8867. Remember to call us. If you're a veteran or spouse at least 65, do not apply for VA benefits until you learn about new regulations passed in 2018. Attorney Todd Marcourt is accredited to appeal denied benefit claims. The Marcourt Law Firm is hosting a free VA regulation and aid seminar on August 6th at the Waterford at Thousand Oaks, where you'll learn about these changes and how to better qualify for the non-service-connected veterans pension. Register now by calling 210-530-4278, marcourtlawfirm.com. Welcome to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. I'm here with Christiana Viegas and attorney Brittany Lastician, and we're talking about kids' protection estate planning. And I just uh, remembered that some of my clients worry about their ex-spouse. Right. Yes. And <laughs> how, do we, how do we plan so that maybe the ex-spouse who's not the best interest for the children to be guardian, even though maybe they they would, on the surface, appear to be the next natural guardian? How do we make sure that that doesn't happen? And what I've done is uh, take note of that and maybe put an extra clause in the trust that says that the trustee has specific authority to fight this battle and to use the trust funds for that purpose. Another strategy that I've used is 
what are all the reasons that you think it would be a bad idea for your ex-spouse to be a guardian? Write them down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Make a diary of every tragic thing that's happened, all of the bad ideas that they've come up with, all of the bad situations that they've put the children in, and write them down so that the trustee and the guardian that you nominate has some ammunition in that guardianship battle. Because uh, the law does say that a biological parent is presumptively going to be the guardian. Right. But the law also provides that we need to be making the decision that's going to be in the best interest of that child. So I've worked with many clients who have this exact concern, Todd. And what we've done is what you've discussed. I mean, I've guided them through this confidential exclusion of guardian and they go into the details. And sometimes it's a hard letter to write to the judge, but that's exactly the mindset they have to have is, you know, this is the chance to get your concerns and your preferences down on paper for the judge to consider. Because otherwise, if something's happened to you, there's not going to be anyone who's going to present that side of the story to the judge. And they are going to be making a decision without knowing the full the full story. So your guardian needs to be prepared for this. This is one of those discussions you need to have with them. Mm -hmm. If something tragic happens to me, will you be a guardian? Yes. Great. Are you willing to fight a battle for the good of the children? And they might not be up for that, willing to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why, you know, they're an ex for a reason, not the best. You have to separate your family for their well-being and making sure that they're striving for the best. And you have to find that person that has as much of a drive as you do for your children's future. Right. And that's certainly not a concern for all families. But where those families do have this concern and do want to exclude the the ex-spouse, whether it's mom or dad, for particular reasons – It's not typically, in my experience, and maybe you've had a different one, but it's not vindictive. A lot of people think, oh, well, you're just trying to, you know, keep me out of their lives. And in that situation, I haven't had any clients who want to just uh, from a revenge standpoint or be, you know, petty about things. It's because they have legitimate, serious concerns about what could happen to their children if they are in that that parent's hands. Like drug use. Exactly. We wouldn't want the children to end up with a... Uh, a guardian who was addicted to illegal drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a court case I, I read recently where the biological parent was disqualified for serving as guardian because the the court said uh, he was a person who, because of inexperience and other good reasons, was incapable of properly and prudently managing and controlling the children's estate. He didn't pay his child support. (laughs) Right. That's a big red flag. Right. He owed money to the children. So that's a red flag where it shows he's not going to be a good guardian to to manage the finances. Mm -hmm. So what are some other situations that we should be aware of that what happens if somebody tries to question a person's ability to be that parent and they try to fight for that guardianship would having a plan in place already be able to defend them or assign them to a better guardian sure so under the statute there are certain people who have the legal priority and as we were discussing the biological parent will have that legal priority unless there's sufficient evidence to to dispute that and to show why despite that priority they might not still be the best choice um now that priority can be turned on its head a bit when we do have the decisions made proactively by the parents. So when, uh, you know, we sit down and in our example, um, for my family, we have nominated a cousin who and her husband who would be serving as our guardians if something happens to us. And so while a cousin might not be someone who had that legal priority, like I said, that changes because we have it on paper. So they would be able to walk into court and say, um, maybe a, a Another family member is petitioning, but I have the the nomination directly from the parents here. And so that changes the the way things play out in court. And it gives them a considerably more standing to be able to be appointed as that guardian like we would want. 
And just because somebody's guardian doesn't mean that the children are not going to be allowed to visit other family members. Oh, sure. So grandparent visits, that's still going to be okay. And you can write a letter and put it with your will. Uh, I like to call it a legacy letter or an ethical will that just says what your hopes and dreams are for how the child should grow up. You can put your desire for the guardian to allow for visitation, provide money for travel and vacations. Yep. Yep. I was just going to say I've worked with several clients who wanted to make sure that in the trust that um, is left for the children, the trust is specifically authorized to pay for those visits, you know, where maybe the grandparents are often in a different state, but we want to be seeing them at least annually. The trust is specifically authorized to go ahead and pay for that. So we know that there's going to be money. We're not placing now the financial burden on those potential guardians as well. That's our, again, responsibility as parents. Um, but when they're, when we're able to leave those resources, we can have some say in how they are used and give some guidance. So would there be a way to, let's say, you know one side of the family has absolutely no good influences to mm-hmm. offer your children? Would there be a general way to say, I don't want my children with that side of the family? Or would you have to list each family member and give a reason why you don't want them to be involved with your child's life. Yeah, I, I don't think that we can just uh, generally say, oh, nobody on dad's side is <laughs> is able to come in. It, it does have to be a little bit more specific than that. And because it has to be a well-founded uh, statement or preference, you know, we can't, it, it, without those details, a judge is not going to understand why or what the basis is for that objection. But you can put something like that in your legacy letter, Mm -hmm. just your general preference that the children be around people of good influence. So really all this information at its core is to protect the child, as it says in its title. It's so the child can have their future looked after, and it's not for having that vindictiveness against the other person saying, oh, if you say the wrong thing or you treat me the wrong way, (laughs) then you're not going to have a chance at watching over my child. No, you should do this so that way you can have a peace of mind, a good night's sleep, and know that your child is taken care of and that you're putting their best interest. And also taking into consideration of who in your family actually has support for you and for that child's future. Right. It's part of our responsibility as parents. I'm interested in hearing from the audience. So if you have a story you'd like to share with us or a question about who would be a good guardian, give us a call here at 210-308-8800. You're with uh, Talk Law Radio uh, with your host, Todd Marquardt. We're here talking to uh, Brittany Elastician about kids protection estate planning. And if you can't call us right now, you can always go to our website. That is marcourtlawfirm.com, M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D for David and T for Tango, lawfirm.com. You can type in your questions on our online chat. You can look up our next seminar, what we'll be having on August 23rd. Friday, 6 in the evening at St. Matthew's United Methodist Church Day School. Contact our office at 210-530-4278 and leave a voicemail so we can give you follow-up information about attending that seminar. It will be 100% free. You contact our law firm or you go to the website and we'll help you sign up for that seminar to hear directly from Ms. Brittany Lastician. And that way you can ask some questions, you can find out some more general information about kids' protection estate planning, or you could just schedule an appointment at the office without going to the seminar. We'd be happy to talk to you one-on-one about your unique situation and circumstances. 
Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting as many people as we can at that seminar and really spreading the education because that's my that's my mission and my goal. Um, and to that end, Todd, I have a special offer for some of our listeners. Um, anybody who contacts the office on Monday, you can request a copy of a free ebook called Wear Clean Underwear. Um, and it's a choose your own adventure style book that lays out some of the various scenarios that we've been discussing and the uh, the what ifs and how everything would unfold in the event that that we either do have planning or we don't. So you can take some time on your own and read through that. So again, the book is called Wear Clean Underwear, and you just have to contact our office and request a copy, and we'll send that right over to you. That is so funny. <laughs> it is. It manages to be entertaining despite addressing some really hard uh, scenarios and potential situations. So at Marquardt Law Firm, we focus on business and estate law. And we look at each situation through three lenses. One, how do we tax efficiently protect and preserve assets? Two, how do we maximize government benefits? And three, how do we reduce family conflict? And if you're doing planning on your own, you're probably leaving some one of those things out. So it's really great being here with you, Brittany Elastician. Thank you so much for sharing with us about this Kid Protection Plan seminar that we will be having this month and for the rest of the year to come at your nearest education center. If we don't have it scheduled at your school, contact your director and principal right now and ask them to request this seminar because you don't want to miss out on this information. But next week's show, Todd, who are we having for next week? Next week, we're going to be talking about the law on comfort dogs and service dogs and how confusing those terms are. Uh, We're going to be um, finding out specifically how do you decide if your dog is right for that certification? Do you need a certification? And can you just take your dog wherever you want? So thank you for tuning in to Talk Law Radio. We hope that you feel empowered with the information that you have learned today so you can protect yourself and your family. Tune in next week at 11 o'clock in the morning. We look forward to hearing from you as you dial in at 210-308-8867. Remember to call us next Saturday. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com